Hello guys, thanks for joining us today on the Masters of Life podcast. I am your host, Christian, and I interview high performers from all walks of life. My goal is to share with you how they live with intention day in and day out. So without further ado, let's get it. Let's go right here on Masters of Life podcast. What's going on, guys? Our guest this week is the Michael Zelina, a former U.S. Marine. Michael is the broker and owner of Red Luxury Real Estate. He is one of the top multi-million dollar real estate producers in Las Vegas. He sold the highest residential real estate in Las Vegas in 2019 for $16 million in only seven days. Sold the third highest home sale of the year in 2017 for $5.5 million in 47. Michael was awarded the greatest real estate mogul 2019, top 100 men in real estate 2018, top 250 producing agents of 2017, and top 1% selling residential realtors of Las Vegas. Michael, first of all, thank you for your service. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Friday morning. Let's get the day started. Yeah, let's get the weekend coming. So let's let our listeners know an interesting fact about your background that has shaped who you are today. Gosh, there's so much that I think has probably shaped my background. Um, probably starting at a younger age, just living in a kind of a Midwestern, uh, typical uh, disciplined family. I went to an all-boy Catholic high school. Um, played football, played sports, uh, ended up going into the Marine Corps uh, shortly after. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I think there's people that come in and out of your life that help shape it from time to time. Uh, but then you have their solid people that are there to help you really figure out who you are in life. And that would be my, my, uh, my, my beautiful lady of over 17 years now. And I think what's unique about our relationship is, you know, we're not married. We don't have kids. We're very independent. We don't really follow the status quo. Um, and we choose to be together every day. And, and when you have somebody in your corner that's always there to support you and listen to your ideas and, you know, kind of give you that unconditional, but still tell you when you're kind of messing up or maybe making the wrong yeah. decisions, keep you on track. Um, so, you know, luckily for me, I've had somebody there with me that's, uh, you know, made sure that I've uh, typically done the right things or put all my hard effort and, and as much work as I possibly can into it. So without a support system, I think you're you know, typically kind of on your own and you might have to focus a little bit harder. So maybe I'm a little lucky by having that. But um, yeah, I think the, the biggest things that shape your life are the people that are there for you and the people that are there to support you and love you. So why did you move from the Midwest to Vegas? That's a good story too. We actually, uh, we had, I'd lived in Colorado and we had moved up to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I was working with a marketing firm um, and was able to do some traveling. Um, had to go back to Ohio and uh, unfortunately take care of a family situation and uh, was there for a couple of years and, you know, enjoy Ohio, enjoy where we grew up. Uh, love the Buckeyes. It's wonderful going to tailgates and having a great time and a uh, really a great environment to grow up in. But, you know, we've, I've always wanted more. I've always wanted to see more. I've always wanted to travel. I knew that uh, you know, the Midwest might not be the, the best part for a, a personality type like mine and, mm-hmm. and wanting to see the, the adventure. And we love the West. We had been out a couple of times before, um, she actually had her father living out here for quite some time. So it seemed like a good fit and wanted to move to Vegas. Um, so I had a small finance company and ended up trying to uh, do what we wanted to do out here. And it led into working with uh, some attorney firms and then eventually real estate, which uh, obviously that's why we're here today and very happy with. Good, cool. And so as, as you take that leap of, uh, faith, you come into the middle or you come to the West, I'm sure you've had a lot of failures in your journey. What was your biggest failure? How you know, did that shape you? You know, I think that's funny. I, I saw that in the uh, in the list that you sent over there. What was your biggest failure? And, you know, quite honestly, I don't think I really believe in failure. I, I think the only failure is is really not believing in yourself or failing on yourself. Um, anytime something doesn't go the right way or the way that you're expecting, it's usually a learning lesson. There's a reason why. And if you figure out what that reason is um, or you really look into it enough, you're going to find out how to fix that to make sure that, you know, maybe if you consider it a failure, I just don't. I really don't see anything as a failure. Um, you know, I mean, if my team loses a game or something, that, that makes me probably the most upset. Um, but in reality, there's, there, there is no failure unless you're not believing in yourself. That's what I believe that failure would be. If there's ever a time in my life uh, where I'm not believing that I can do something with hard work and effort and just, you know, try to be patient with your thoughts, um, I think that might be when I fail. But to this day, I don't think there's been a failure. It's always just learning lessons. Well, that's a great way of looking at it. There's a, there's an anecdote that says this interviewer was asking this millionaire. He said, Hey, how did you become successful from the right decisions? How'd you make the right decisions from mistakes or how'd you make mistakes from the wrong decisions? And it's like what you're saying. I mean, it's just, it leads up to being successful, just learning from your mistakes and 
learning from quote unquote failures. Yeah. And I guess it's uh, again, I think it's what you define as a mistake or a failure. You know, I, I, everybody's going to do something that might not be the absolute best thing to do uh, in their mind, though, it might. And you don't know until you've learned more of trying to make those decisions moving forward. So, yeah, I just I, I think, you know, people look at especially in our I think we talked about before the show. In our environment, uh, everything's so emotionally driven now, and people are really afraid of failure, and they don't even take steps to do what they want to do because they're so afraid that they're not going to get meet their expectation. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what your expectation is. You might have something in your mind, but until you even take a step forward, it just I think that's what kind of bothers me. I think that's why uh, we probably do so much better than I, maybe even we thought we expected because it's not we don't have some idea in my mind like I've got to reach this crazy goal. Or I will never be satisfied. You know, I just be satisfied every day with what you're doing and what you're working for, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. So what is your, you know, you, you've done so many, you've accomplished so many things in real estate. What is your biggest fear right now? It, it, professionally or personally? or Let's do both. I mean, I, I think the fear professionally, if there is fear professionally, is, you know, what is the market going to become? I mean with everything that we have going on right now and the amount of these online type of companies coming in the business, I mean, you really have to, you know, redefine what your business model is, um, how you're going to go after clients the right way, how you're going to maintain certain relationships. Um, you know, with business, I, I think the, the scariest thing is, is you never really know what's going to happen. Um, and that's where if you're afraid of change, then I think you're going to get left behind. You, you really have to find a way to modify um, not only the way that you do business, but the way that you're trying to pursue your business and, and what's the opportunities. You know, real estate used to be a, a a business where you didn't have to be in a niche and now it is fully niche. I mean, you've got to really pick what type of real estate you want to do and, and just focus on that. Otherwise, uh, you'll get lost in that rabbit hole of trying to do 5, 10, 15, 100 different things um, to try to make money and then you're just chasing your tail everywhere. So as far as business um, I think the fear is, you know, what's going to happen in the marketplace? What, what, you know, what, what do buyers and sellers really want? Do they want, uh, you know, that person that's uh, constantly doing the videos or do they want that person that, um, you know, has their face all over billboards or are they trusting more brand than they're trusting person? And I think that's what you see now more than everything. And why Zillow and Redfin and these big companies um, have so many people going after them because it's a brand. It's not a person. It's not a mom and pop shop. I think trust has gone in our society a little bit as well where they don't trust the mom and pop shop anymore. They trust these big corporate businesses, which makes no sense because these big corporate businesses are the ones that are, you know, putting us out of business. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's a little frightening at time. Um, I mean, personally, I really don't have too many fears. Uh, I'm afraid of heights. Uh, that's about <laughs> it. I mean, I absolutely hate being in the air. I mean, I can fly in planes and helicopters and stuff, but, um, you know, personally, I'm really not too afraid of anything. Sharks and uh, standing mm. on the edge of a cliff. That's really about it. Well, you can avoid both of those, so we're good. Not usually, not with this one over here. She always wanted to get me in the ocean, and I'm not going in there. No way. Oh, you wouldn't even go to the beach? No, I'll go to the beach, but oh, I mean, okay. I, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those, I think it's one of those kid things. You know, that's the only thing that I'm really afraid of in life, I think, is sharks and being high up on a mountaintop. That's that's really about it. Everything else, I don't think you really need to be f- afraid of anything. You just have to, again, have confidence in yourself. Just, just believe that you have a shot at doing something and not be afraid to do it. So let's touch on that. Um, did something happen in your childhood why you won't just try to go deep cage diving with sharks? Yeah, my buddy, <laughs> I have a buddy, <clears throat> Vincent, he wanted me to go on this shark diving thing and then we'd be in some cage and these great whites are going, you're crazy. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's someday that I'll probably have to do it just like someday I'll have to skydive or someday I'll have to bungee jump. And, you know, I'm ready for that challenge, I guess, when it happens. If I have to be in the moment, I don't think I'm going to choose to or pay like five grand to go on some excursion to, to yeah. play with sharks. But, I mean, if it was presented to me, I, I think I would, um, only because that's, you know, you've got to kind of face your fears. You've got to kind of face it. I mean, we talked about the fears in business. Well, that we're facing that in business right now. Um, so, you know, I kind of have to look back at myself. If I don't face my personal fears, um, then what kind of accomplishment or, you know, wh- where am I moving to? So you can't just take steps in business. You have to take steps in life. I think you have to take steps um, on, on your personal side too, whether you're in a relationship or not. You know, you've really got to take steps all around. I mean, that's pretty much what life is. It's just like this big stairmaster, and you just have to keep climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. And it never really ends. So we've got to figure out a way to enjoy it, make the best of it. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I mean, I think that 
what you take steps in your professional or your personal life, I think it trickles down to each other. Absolutely. Sabrina was talking about toxicity, and if something happens negatively in your workplace, you can take it home. If something happens personally, you take it to work. Even though you try not to, it'll it'll show up. It'll make its way through. It, it, it usually does, and I think that's probably the hardest part is to try to keep that that positive motivation, whatever that is, even if you're not having a good day, keeping that positive motivation um, and, you know, understanding that, you know, you're luckier than half of those people that are in the ground right now because you're still here and you're still able to enjoy and experience. So you want to try to do that as long as possible. Why not be happy? You know, the only right. time if, you, if you're mad, the only person suffering is you. When you're mad at somebody else, the only person pissed off is you. You know, it's, that's kind of how it happens. So the best way thing you can do is try to avoid that at all costs. Can't control the situation, but you can control your attitude towards the situation. You can try. You can try. You can try. So I want to touch on a point there. I want to go back to your first uh, professional fear, but I wanted to ask you, what have you noticed as a difference between luxury clients versus common residential clients? Oh, that's fun. Um, The the interesting thing is I still do both. I mean, we talk about big accomplishments. Yeah, I mean, we've sold a couple big houses, but I think there's way more accomplishments than that you know, that we've done besides that as far as, you know, looking at something small like building a team or building a marketing and production uh, company along with real estate, trying to figure out a way to provide all services to clients within one house. So uh, you kind of have that uh, uh, oversight of everything that's happening to make sure that you keep that relationship as great as you can because that's your repeat client. And you make good friends out of it too. So, um, you know, luckily you know, I, I can sell a $16 million house. And I can sell a $160,000 house. I, I don't think the clients are necessarily different. I think their expectations are different, obviously. Um, you know, I think that someone who really needs the money versus someone who just has the money, it's two different people that you're working with, but the goal's still the same. Your job is still the same. I work just as hard to sell a $160,000 house as I would to sell a $16 million house. Uh, in some cases, a three or four hundred thousand dollar house might be harder to work than a million or two million dollar house because of you know re- what's really at stake. Um, but then you get into positions where the people that had a lot of money are starting to lose their money, um, and so you know, uh, real, real estate is such a, a from an outside perspective, real estate seems very easy. I'm going to show some houses, I'm going to put a sign in the yard, I'm going to send out some mailers, I'll make some calls, and. Uh, there's a reason why there's about one to three percent of us that actually make all the money or that get all the deals and it's because it's a grind it's um, you're not only dealing with everything you have to do on a business trying to figure out how to market put a sales plan together put pitches together figure out a closing process how you're going to manage these clients how you're going to follow up with them long term you know and I think you can get caught up in all of that but what you're missing and what you really got to focus on is the relationship with your client you know the uh, a house is uh, one of the biggest purchases a family might make, um, you know, and in some cases it's, it's, they've saved up most of their lives to make that, or they've been in a house and things have changed in their life. And unfortunately they can't afford that house anymore. So, you know, and you've got to find a way to be able to, to communicate and relate with your clients and understand them and, and let them know that they actually have somebody, you know, I think that's why I've been able to translate well in real estate is because I dealt with people in, with their credit card debt and their and their foreclosures and their short sales for such a long time that I really got the sentiment and understanding how how they think and how they're feeling inside and I feel for them you know I, I want to do the best job possible not just because you know I'm kind of a perfectionist and I, I want to make sure those it's it's done the right way but it's really to make them smile I mean at the end of the day money's money I mean you can make it one way you can lose it a lot faster than you make it. But, you know, relationships, making somebody feel good, making somebody know that you exceeded their expectations. Um, I think that's probably 50% of, you know, why you do it. The other 50% is, you know, money and stability, right? But you've got to be happy with what you're doing. And if you can't make someone smile, if you can't make someone proud of you, like, oh, I'm proud of my, you know, my real estate agent, Michael. I, I mean, I think that's the coolest thing in the world. And then they recommend you to someone and say, hey, I've heard such great things about you. And it. I, I think it's pretty amazing, but, you know, it's not, uh, you can't just be focused on the money and you can't just be focused with, I think a lot of people are these days of looking the part, you know, everybody says this, this is new slogan going around where it's fake it till you make it. And I just don't understand that um, because you are, you're not being true to yourself. And if you're not being true to yourself and you're not being true to, you know, who you really are and how you're going to talk, how can you expect to get that from the other person? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what makes me different or at least, 
how I approach things just a little bit different because at the end of the day, I could really care less about the money. I'd rather figure out, you know, the, what the relationship is. And I know that relationship's going to go a lot farther than that dollar ever will. Mm-hmm. There's, I was having this conversation with a gentleman the other day and we were talking about millennials. We were talking about how social media and technology has really made things harder for millennials to create those relationships. Oh, yeah. Ask for what they want. Yes, yes. Be more aggressive because their their safety, they have that safety net behind the screen. And I told him that's actually not a negative thing because it means it's less competition for me. And I was thinking there's so many agents. We talked earlier before the show. There's so many Asian agents. Asians. There's so many. Uh, uh, I, 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 what was that? What? what? Uh, but there's so many agents uh, compared to homes on sale yeah. that you can get a license. But if you can't do the extra things, the things that you don't learn in the class, it doesn't matter how many agents there are. It matters how many quality agents there are. Yeah, absolutely. You're up against. Well, I, I, I don't even think it's quality agents or Asians or any kind of background. Right. <laughs> Yellow, black, white. Yeah, I think that's hysterical. Um, I just I think it's really just comes down to work ethic and what you're willing to do. I mean, real estate is not an easy business at all, but everybody thinks it's the easiest business in the world. And if that's what you think, get a license and go try to do it on your own and give me a call in two years. And if you sold a bunch, then maybe we can talk. I, the reality is, is it's something like 87 percent of the people don't renew their license and don't even make a sale. Um, so, you know, you have, you, you, whether it's real estate, whether it's any kind of other job or profession that you choose to do, if you're not willing to grind it out and learn the business, you're never going to be successful. And, you know, you talk about millennials, I got nothing against them. I mean, I, I, I love what's happening in our environment as far as seeing, I think I see a lot of people connecting on a much higher spiritual level, um, collectively in some cases than I think we've seen in the past, but I also think people are, uh, feel that they're much more entitled now or feel that things should just come easy because they see it come easy to somebody else on social media. And that's why I think there's been such a big downfall in it lately. Um, at least what I can see uh, being involved in it every day. You know, it's it's more than uh, just trying to, you know, look good. Like we said, fake a team. You've really got to put the efforts in. And if you're not grinding in real estate 60 to 80 hours a week, you're not going to make the money you want to make because it is competitive. I mean, you've really got to think. You've got 15,000 agents in Las Vegas. You've got 8,000 homes for sale. You've got $305 billion big mergers that are happening to take over your business as well. I mean, you've got people that are offering to sell your home for 1%, and then they split it amongst three people. I mean, how hard is someone going to work for you for 300 bucks? They're just not going to do that, especially once they get it and they find out what's going on. So you've got to figure out a way to make, you know, bring quality and, and, and uh bring something to the table, especially right now. And if you're new getting into it and you just have an expectation that, you know, it's going to be easy and you got to grind. If you're not a grinder and if you're not dedicated and you don't have a business plan, I don't think you should even try to get into real estate right now. I mean, it's really difficult. Uh, The other option you have is trying to get with a good team and, and have a team leader or, you know, a broker or a manager who's willing to spend their time with you. But I think, again, the problem, um, that I see more often than not, especially in this industry is, you know, everybody thinks the grass is greener on the other side. So an agent will go to one, two, three, five brokerages in two years because they want to blame everything else besides them only putting in 20 hours a week. And it, what, what do you say? I mean, you can't, you know, yes, I mean, you can make great money. You can make a ton of money. You can uh, sell big houses. You can be invited to come on podcasts and stuff. I mean, you can, but that's from grinding. You know, I mean, we haven't really taken much vacation time in the past three or four years. Um, you know, I work Monday through Sunday. I mean, it's nonstop. It's 24-7. If you can live the life and you enjoy the life, then I definitely think it's worth it. But if you're someone that, you know, I feel that I have to make this or I have to do this to be here, uh, trying to do full commission-based type of real estate work is probably not the right choice for you. But there could be a support role in real estate working for the right team or broker that could offer you to have that type of lifestyle that you're looking for as you learn. And hopefully maybe you get to the point sometime. I mean, I think you got to be in real estate at least three to six years before you even know what you're really doing. You need to have 15, 20, 30 transactions under your belt to see everything front to back, to have an idea. And that way it makes you more relatable. It makes you more knowledgeable. And then you can help other people try to learn and, and develop their skills. And again, for me, I think that's probably why I'm doing what I'm doing is to watch others. Um, I really like training. I really like seeing people 
accomplished thing. I love, again, seeing people smile when they said, oh, I didn't think I could do this, or, oh, could you believe we just, and it's just, that's what's exciting. I think that's what keeps you going. Uh, real estate is uh, a very hard business, and uh, it, everybody thinks it's glamorous because that's what you see on social media, and it is not. It is a trench, and um, good thing I was in the Marine Corps. I spent a lot of time in trenches, so maybe that's why it feels comfortable to me and I can do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, I, it's hard because we say, you know, if you put your mind to anything, you can do it. And, and I definitely think real estate's a business that you can do it. I just don't know how many people's mindset is putting all their mind into one thing with the amount of options we have. So it's kind of a slippery slope right now of who can make it, who can do it, um, who's going to work hard and who's going to say they work hard and, and, and expect things to happen. So we've got a kind of like the great divide happening, in my opinion, the real hard workers versus the people that think, well, I should just be able to get that. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long rant. No, no, that's perfectly fine. I mean, you got me going on a topic like that. I could, like I said, I could talk all day long on these things. So now I know what you're passionate about. So that's good. So can you tell our listeners, I know we talked about you moving to Vegas. We talked about you being in the Marine Corps, but can you tell our listeners about an event that changed the course of your life? Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I would have to say I lost my father at a younger age. I was 25. I had a, uh, I'm the oldest of uh, three. I had two younger sisters, a 20 year old and a 16 year old at the time. Um, had a wonderful mom that just took my father's passing very, very difficult. Uh, it was hard. Um, that's kind of why we had to move back to Ohio, uh, take over the family business, uh, had to grow up very quickly, had to go through probate, all this kind of stuff. No one was prepared for him to pass away. It kind of happened without anybody knowing. So, you know, losing the uh, patriarch of the family and definitely someone that I looked up to greatly was a, a very, very difficult time of life. Um, I think if it hadn't been for my military training and what I had been before, I don't know how I would have taken it. I think I probably would have broken. So, you know, you say those things that shaped your life. I know the military and, and that background really shaped me to be able to know and just say, hey, I can do anything. So just throw it at me and, and fucking get it done. Um, and, but after, you know, a couple of years of trying to do that and realize that, you know, you're not, <laughs> you're not working for yourself. You're not living for yourself. You're really just doing other, I could feel that kind of slipping away. And that's why we needed to make the change. And that's why ultimately we came out to Vegas. But yeah, one of the biggest events was it's gotta be, uh, you know, just having to man up at a younger age. I felt I was already manning up, but I had no clue what I, you know, what it was truly like to have to be responsible um, and have those types of responsibilities when, you know, I was just wanting to travel around, you know, have some fun, go to Burning Man, you know what I mean? Kick it back. And um, so it, it, it turned me, I just had to man up. It, it made me a man at a young age and uh, I'm grateful, you know, for everything that I learned during it. Obviously I wish my father was here today. I'd love for him to see what we're doing out here in Vegas. I think he'd lose his mind about it. Um, but uh I don't, I don't uh, you know, death is an amazing, uh, amazing game changer in life. And it can either change you for the better or it can put you into a hole. Um, and uh, luckily, I, again, I think with hard work and effort and, you know, the love and support of people around you, um, you know, it, it helps. But you've got to be strong in your mind to figure out, you know, how do I deal with this and understand you know, death is a part of life um, and that you just have to be grateful for what you have here. Um, and, uh, you know, don't, don't try to judge so much, just be grateful because, you know, your time could be five minutes from now. You never know. Um, so enjoy it while you have it. So I think I learned a lot of good life lessons and, uh, I think I learned how to take on responsibility and that's why I can handle so much of it now. Well, thank you for sharing that. I want to, I want to dig there a little bit because the next question is what habit or skill has really propelled you forward. But I want to ask your your father you said he had a business he yep. had a family business yep. what habit or skill do you think made your father really successful oh well my dad was uh my dad was an awesome guy um he was actually a big time football player in ohio and growing up in the midwest played some uh, ball for the buckeyes back when they won the national championship and oh, back in 68 yeah he was a tailback they called him lightning larry it was uh <laughs> fastest white guy out of cleveland it was amazing and growing up in that type of environment um you know i was bred to play football and kind of got an injury and stuff when I was in high school, so I couldn't play anymore. That's why I went to the Marine Corps. I really wanted to play football, and um, but wasn't able to do that, so you got to kind of overcome and adapt. Um, I, I think that he was successful in his own right because of the type of person that he was. I don't think that he saw real business success until later in life. 
Um, but I mean, how can you, what are you going to do when you're done playing football and you have three kids, you get married, you know, you're living that Midwestern life. And, you know, when you're working in the insurance business, uh, it takes a long time to start making a good amount of money. So, you know, and then that's where, it, you know, we get personal about this, but after the fact, after he passed and, you know, you're 25 years old and you're seeing your family's whole financials all in front of you and figuring out how the hell did this guy make this work? I mean, how the hell did he go to work, make this family work, do all this, um, and again, I think it was uh, the support of my mom, you know, I had a stay at home mom that had dinner on the table every, every night at five o'clock. And, you know, without her here, there's no, there, there's no way he could have done any of that. So again, I think it's people that are in your life. Um, but ultimately I just think it's again, keeping that positive moment. Cause you know, you're sitting down there with all these attorneys, your dad just passed away and you know, your mom's kind of freaking out and she's not really necessarily stable. And, uh, you know, you're looking at all this and you're saying, I just, again, I, I have no clue how he did it. Um, so maybe some of that perseverance, you know, pushed over to me. He's always taught me, um, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if you can't do something. It only matters if you can't, if you don't try to do it. So, you know, you learn a lot of life lessons. And then and unfortunately when that person is gone, some of that stuff fades, but you know, you have those times in life where you're like, Oh, there, he's there with me right now. He knows that I, okay, push through, do this. I can hear him talking. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the, uh, it's not necessarily just being successful in business. I think it's just being successful in life and being successful as a human being. You do those things first, and then I think the money comes. If you try to do those things second, you're always going to be chasing. Well, thank you for sharing that and being a little bit vulnerable with us about your father. So I want to talk about now you, your habit or skill that has propelled you forward. That's good. I, 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 I saw that on the sheet, too, and I was like, oh, man. I just, it's got to be the gift of gab. Uh, I like to talk. I'm very quick when I talk. Um, I'm very quick with responses. I'm great at handling and overcoming objections. I love to kind of show my point. And, um, you know, I think uh, a lot of times my mind works way faster than my mouth does. And so I'll start talking and talking and talking. And we were saying this earlier, you know, being in a meeting and I'm looking at all, like uh, looking at my staff and they all got what, like, big eyes because I was like, oh, I lost you guys like five minutes ago, didn't I? Okay, let's slow down. Let's get back to where we need to be. Um, I think that uh, is is maybe a gift uh, just because you can talk so fast or you can figure out what you want to say in your mind very quickly or you can respond fast. Um, but I also think it's uh, there's another gift there that's probably I learned uh, by, you know, being raised by a mom and, and, and a good family and, and a couple younger sisters. And that's I think that's how to relate to emotion. Um, I think a lot of people don't have that. I don't think they, I think they get very emotional about things and, and they react. And I don't think I'm very reactive. I think I used to be much more reactive than I am today. Um, but it, it's, 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 it's kind of the gift of understanding and being patient with somebody else's emotions too. Cause a lot of people don't have time for anything but themselves and it's kind of having that perspective. So yeah, that, that's I, really the only two gifts I have is I can talk like crazy. I can talk all night long. Um, and I think that I can actually really understand what someone wants and needs uh, versus what they say might impress them or what their expectations really are. It's about finding and getting to know that person. There's a, there's a quote that Twin Robbins has where he says, losers react and then winners anticipate. Yeah. And I think that's something you can do when you listen and you're able to really respond to somebody sure. as opposed to having something you're ready to say. Yeah. And that's what, what you find. Well, think. that's what you find in sales. That's what you find. Everybody has this, you know, they read these books or they have these affirmation coaches and they're like, oh, this is what you're supposed to say. And this, and it's just like, the, it, you're just not being authentically you, you know, you're not being authentically you. Um, I don't try to put myself in a position either where I'm anticipating what someone's going to say, because then I'm going to turn that around and use it back against them. It's about anticipating, I, I think kind of what they're feeling and what they really, really want. Cause most people don't open up to you nowadays. They really don't. A lot of, I mean, we're open on social media, but we're so closed personally. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really interesting to see that. So, you know, it might take you a while to get what you really need out of somebody to figure out how you can help them. Um, but if you're just direct and say, hey, look, just I'm, I'm here to help you. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I'll make some money on selling your house and stuff, but I'm, I'm here to help you be honest. So you got to be honest with me and be straight up. And that directiveness, I think, will bring that that forward so uh, the more you can understand somebody the better you can help them um i don't know if that really works in really getting you that far ahead in business though sometimes because it seems like the more you know about someone and the more you take advantage of them is how these guys get to where they're at which it's like it just blows my mind and um 
I really don't ever want to be that way. Uh, and but you never know what the future holds. I might be some asshole in the future, you know. All egotistic. It's too soon to say. Yeah, yeah. It's too soon to have some big ego going podcast all over the world. You know, and nothing really matters to me anymore. That no, I, I don't think that'll ever be. It's it just you got to be you got to be authentic to yourself, right? And authentic to other people, and they feel that. They mm-hmm. definitely feel that, especially now. You're on Masters of Life, and you think you're all of a sudden you're big time. You're oh, Masters big time! Of life. Oh, it's just a title of a show, right? It's not. I know this is the first time in this studio. Not a credibility. Too, huh? This is like it's a green studio. So I want to touch on your point there because when I was in sales, I I think we're all in sales really, but when I was in medical device sales, I would see these reps and they would, what is that term that they use? Spit and something you just barf information. Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time where we were drilled in our heads in my company was to find the need, to find the need behind the need. Just continually ask questions or just like if you're selling anything, you want to s- have your selling points tailored to the person's needs as opposed to, correct. you don't know. You don't know what they want or what they need. Yeah, correct. Well, I, I was taught a long time ago, it's, and I still teach it today. It's called the WIN technique, W-I-N. It's wants, interest, and needs. And the basic premise of it is if someone has an interest in their product or what you're selling, they either want it or they need it. A wants-based sale is going to give you a 20% close ratio. A needs-based sale is going to give you an 80% close ratio. So the idea is that you work with somebody on their what their wants are to eventually find what the actual need is. It's like car sales. Guy goes up, he's got five kids, he should be walking off that lot with a minivan yeah. and he gets himself a Corvette. You know, that's that 20% where that's that in, that's that impulse buy. Half of these impulse buys are just wants. They're not actual needs. If people really took care of their needs, I think the world would be a better place. But we live in an environment of, oh, you want this, you want that, you want this. The reality is you got to really get for your needs. And that's how you close somebody. And that's where a relationship com- comes in. I mean, yes, this is sales. And, you know, the idea is to sell houses and close deals. The only way you do that is by finding the needs of the people, finding what they really, really need. You might want a pool. You might want a three-car garage. And you might be able to afford that, but do you really need to afford that? Are there better ways that you can spend your money? You know, and, and that's where you've got to try to find that divide. And, and uh, yeah, it's the win technique. I've been using it in life and in business forever. Again, if you're interested in something, figure out if you want it or need it. And if it want, if it's just a want, give it about 20% of your time. If it's a need, give it 80% of your time. Because once your needs are met, you can finally start chasing those wants. That's pretty good. I learned, Where did you learn that? Man, it was, uh, I was like 20 years old. I was the youngest store manager for a T-Mobile wireless retail store in downtown Columbus. And I had a, uh, I had a really good manager at the previous spot that I had worked at. His name was Christian Jensen. Um, and there was this wind technique. And I don't remember if he taught me that or if it was one of the trainers that taught, but it just always stuck with me because it just made so much sense. And it wasn't that it just made sense. It's that as you apply that and you use that and you start to see it, it's a hundred percent true and accurate. Um, and you can use it. And I, and I just love it's the win. If you follow this kind of thing, you just, you just win all the time. I mean, again, needs versus wants. we all want everything in the world. It's really what you need to have. And, if I could ever get to a balance where it was 20% wants and 80% needs, that'd be great. But if we're always still kind of, I'm, I'm still in that middle too, where I chase these wants that it's just, well, I, you don't need that, you know? And that's where I hope again, with uh, trying, you know, being more successful in business or getting accolades or having people ask, you know, why are you successful? And everything. I, I, I don't even really think of my own success whatsoever. It's really just what the day is going to bring. So, you know, maybe I get a need to get my mindset differently, but uh, you've got to win these situations. You've got to find this balance in your life. And I suggested the win technique, once interest needs, and you'll find that it works very well for you. That's so good. Yeah. So as, as you become, sorry, I know you don't consider it, but as you became successful, I'm sure you listened to different things, you read different things, or you even learned from different people. Is there a podcast book or influential person that you recommend to our listeners? <laughs> Man, uh, this is a, uh, no, I, I don't, um, oh God, I feel so bad. I, I don't read books. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't go to Tony Robbins. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it, it's, there are so many ways of learning outside of 
human-to-human contact that uh, I, I guess I'm kind of old school. Um, yeah, I mean, I listen to Joe Rogan every once in a while. I like to watch YouTube videos, uh, uh, you know, on cars and stuff like that. I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist, so I like to watch some of that kind of stuff as well. Um, but no, there's no one that I listen to. Um, influential figures, uh, I think there's plenty of them. Um, but for me, there's I, I kind of go on life and self-experience, and maybe it's just because you know, I just turned 40 this year and, and maybe I'm just five years out of this podcasting game, you know, where it was really taken on and that's what people listen to. I just haven't, I haven't got into it. I, I, it's not that I, I don't want to learn from what somebody else is saying to me. I just, it's, it's a human reaction. I, I, I learned from, I'm, I'm learning in this office space that we're sitting in right now. So for me, I, I think some of that's the best. Now it doesn't mean that I haven't heard great quotes or some real big influences like, man, that guy's got his stuff together. Um, I just, I, I don't really follow any influence. Well, let me ask this. Do you have, did you have any mentors? Uh, I mean, my father was a mentor. My cousin Billy was a mentor. My managers were mentors, people that I worked with. I think everybody's Everybody. a mentor. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't have that, uh, kind of, uh, and I don't think it's like a celebrity white eye thing where I see somebody, I'm like, oh man, I just, you know, if I could be like this guy, then, oh man, my life would just be great. I don't, I, you know, I, th- I just don't have that in me for some reason. And I guess that again, goes back to that fake it till you make it kind of thing. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying though, that there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I agree with it. I think it's great. I went to a Mike Ferry event or a Tom Ferry. I forget one of the fairies. They've, one of them has, has sold houses and the other one's never sold a house in his life, but he tells everybody that he has. It's, it's interesting but to see the motivation and the people just, oh, man, I'm so excited. This is how I'm going to run my business. Well, those guys know the exact same thing that I know is that 10% of those people are going to try to are going to actually put forth the effort. And it was so, you know, I'm, I'm torn on all these steps and all these books and all these ways you can read and, and watch and be programmed to be perfect. And in some cases, I still think it takes you farther and farther away from your authentic self. I think when you're trying to be like somebody else, you're not being yourself. So for me, I don't really, I don't really follow any of those. I just kind of do my own thing. So then, is that by choice because it takes you away from your authentic self? No, I, I, I think it's just a, no. I just think it's natural for me. I, I don't. I just. I've never. You know. I've never had that thing. I've never had this big desire. Like I've got to go listen to this person speak. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, besides like ancient aliens and stuff like that, how the world really came to be and you know, our trees, mountains and stuff like that. Like that stuff's really interesting to me. So I'll actually go to an event, pay some money to listen to some of these people that have dedicated their lives, talk about it. So, um, and you know, I probably would pay some money and go to someone that is, you know, I don't know everything in real estate. I'm sure a couple classes are going to a couple of these would be good for me to go to. Um, hopefully I'll have the time to do it. It's just not a, it's not something that I put a ton of value on in my own personal life. Perfectly fine. So what is the best investment that you've made under a hundred dollars? I, I thought there should be like a th- another zero in there. Um, I actually misspoke. What is the best investment you've made under a thousand dollars? Under a thousand dollars? I didn't read it right. Sorry. Yeah, it was a hundred. No, it was a hundred. That's why I was like hundred bucks. What have I done under a hundred bucks? I have under a thousand. I don't know. I, I, you know, um, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I really got to start thinking about investing and investing for the future and, you know, when you live kind of a, a, a non-traditional life and non-traditional type of relationship and you don't have the kids and, you, you know, you don't have the white picket fence or stuff like that. You don't have family around either because it's really just us out here. Um, the family that I do have is out in Florida and hers is back in Ohio. So we're really kind of on our own. And, you know, you don't you, you kind of just again, you're able and can easily live day to day. Right. Um, so maybe you don't plan for the future as much as you should. So as far as investment, I can't tell you a monetary investment. That's always been, I think you invest and you get the most when you invest in people. That's my thing. I would much rather invest into a person than I would into a stock or a bond. Um, you know, I'm learning now that I probably should invest in stock and bonds and some other stuff because, you know, I've got some money that I could use to do that now when I didn't have that before, which is nice, but at the same time, you don't want to let that go. Um, yeah, I don't really have an investment. I mean, I bought a pair of Jordans for like two hundred one time, and I sold them for five fifty. You know, I had a Jordan. Nice. Cl- yeah, there you know is. what I mean. So, so I mean, my 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 Jays have already brought me a little extra cash, but um, but no, it's the best investment you can possibly make. Number one is in yourself. Um, secondly, is investing in other people. You invest in other people, you get that more than money can buy. I was talking to a guy uh, the other day, and he 
he was talking about his relationships and he said the best investment he made under $100 is that every week he goes to dinner with his wife. And he said he keeps that. Wait, you trying to throw me under the bus right now? Yes. I and see what's I, going was, on. I was like, oh, you should. I was like trying to set you up for it, but you kind of failed. So I probably will cut this out just for you. No, you don't have to cut it out. I mean, he took his best investment was under a hundred bucks. I'd be lucky to get her out to dinner for under a hundred bucks. I mean, you know what I mean? So you get, <laughs> At least he's trying. You got to pay to play. That's true. <laughs> Next, uh, what is your favorite quote? Um, favorite quote, just do it, Mikey. By far. I mean, I was a big Michael Jordan fan, but the reality is, is when you ask that question, and again, I don't follow the podcast, I don't read the books necessarily, I don't have like these quotes in my head that guide my life. Um, so I had to think of something real quick. And I mean, the first thing, quote that came to my mind is just do it. And that's kind of always been my motto. I mean, just, just, just do it, you know? I mean, from, you know, uh, parochial schools to military to business. I mean, you just, you have to do it. You don't have a choice, but to just do it. And it's, you know, someone's like, Oh, I don't know what to do, but just do it. And so when you really think about it, and, and I was thinking about that quote last night when I was looking over this and it was just, that's gotta be my quote, just do it or, you know, get her done. That might get be the done. other one because it's on both sides. I'm either getting her done or I'm just doing it. It just never really stops that way. It's the Western and then the Midwestern quote of it. Yeah. So that's yeah, funny, right? Yeah. It's kind of cool. So a lot of our listeners are maybe coming out of college or just entering the real world. What advice would you give to a person just coming out? Just coming out in the real world? Like yeah. how old? Like 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 your age? Sure. The old, old little young buck? I think younger. Don't watch the news. Don't listen to politics. Don't listen to people's opinions on something that they don't know anything about. Um, don't follow a social norm. Um, don't be obsessed with your selfie. Um, be obsessed with your friends' pictures. Um, you know, understand that uh, life is about work and experience and enjoyment. But you can't have your experience or your enjoyment without work. It's just the way our society is run. I mean, maybe someday everybody will get money and you can just do whatever you want. No one has to do anything. But the reality is, is you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to do it unless you work for it, unless you work hard for it, unless you focus on it, and unless you take accountability. So... You know, and there are a, a lot of forces in this world that are trying to make you not realize that and are trying to do their absolute best, paying more money than we can possibly imagine to kind of focus our direction elsewhere and uh, kind of conform uh, a societal norm um, that really takes us away from what our roots are uh, and, and what... Uh, you know, human relations is and what your thought process is, you know, if you don't think that you're pretty enough, guess what? You're never going to be pretty enough. You know, um, if you don't think that you're good enough, the reality is, is you're probably never going to be good enough. Um, so how do you change that? And, you know, I see all these, it's crazy. And you know, I see these, uh, all these life coaches out there and I see these 26 and 28 year old life coaches. And, you know, I laugh because, you know, I, and I guess I guess I'm being a little judgy uh, and I laugh because I'm like, what, what is this person? What, what is this person going to tell me about their experience? Right. But in reality, it's probably a really good thing because there's tons of 20 and 22 year olds that have no idea where to go with their lives. And these life coaches and these you know younger guys and younger females actually have some good concepts in life. So, you know, you look at something, you laugh, you're like, what? how are you going to tell me how to live my life? You, you, you got nothing on this planet. But there are people that need that, and there are people, especially nowadays. And I think that's a, a relation I don't, I don't know. You know, that person that's just getting into life right now. I, I don't know how well, um, you know, you and I could relate together. I really don't. Um, I know that I wouldn't hold anything against you, um, and I try to do my best to show you my point on things. Um, but it's, it's got to be difficult. Um, I, I didn't grow up with that type of stress. I mean, you, you know, went to high school. Hey, maybe you got fun, and maybe there's bullied around or something. But I mean, social media, you make a mistake and, you know, you do something embarrassing and, and, you know, it can ruin your life in some cases. And, you know, I'm sitting here trying to say oh, I'm a strong person and I get the strong mental capacity and stuff like that. But I've never been in a position like that. So, you know, I think that would be very challenging even for someone like myself um, getting into this environment now where, you know, I'm being asked to come talk to things or, you know, I'm some not a celebrity, but I'm some big guy for selling this big house. Like, I. Guys, the rea reality is I'm, I'm a middleman in somebody else's transaction. I didn't create that house. I didn't build that house. I didn't build the seller's wealth. I didn't build the buyer's wealth. What it is, I put a transaction together. I mean, 
I'm a middleman and I think people get crazy in this industry and in life thinking that if you do this one accomplishment, well, oh, man, I'm just going to be, everybody's going to want to see who I am and, and want to know who I am. So, you know, for me, it's, 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 it's something that I've got to try to accept now is um, not having any of this privacy, you know, people knowing stuff about me now. I mean, I have a staff that knows every password to stuff I don't even know that I have. And, you know, I, I don't, I can't even spend money without, you know, I mean, it's, I got nothing to hide, but at the same time, it's like, man, I like that love, you know, just yeah, a little yeah. bit of something that's my own. Um, and that's rough and it's stressful, you know, it, it really is. And, and I get it. And, and especially trying to be young and trying to find yourself, you know, you know, you're doing things at a young age, which is very respectable, but you're still trying to find what, what, what your right route is and what makes what you're real passionate about. And I don't think you know that until you're 30, 35, maybe even 40. I mean, you know, every five years is a different change in your life and you've got to embrace this change. And if you can stay on the same path, great. Um, but if you're afraid to jump off the path because of challenges or you're scared or because you don't know what you might have, then that's all that's going to do is hold you back. So, I mean, my, my best words would be stay off of the news. Don't watch TV. Get out. Enjoy conversation. Meet other people. Do what you can to um, have the absolute best positive approach and outlook of your life and who you are before you even try to give that to somebody else or a company or your business partner, or, you know, even your family. You've got to be... You've got to be strong and secure with yourself. And if you're not, you're, you're never going to be able to be truly who you want to be. And you're not going to be ever to be able to provide a partner, uh, whether, again, whether that's business or love, uh, with who you really are. And you can't live a lie. Um, just be authentically you. I think that's the most important. Um, don't believe in anything like failure because failure is not real. Just like fear is not real. Um, you know, fear is a motivator. Being scared of something should motivate you to try to want to do it and, and, and have an accomplishment set aside for that. Um, that's pretty much what I would say. Quit being so damn emotional all the time, you know, and don't have expectations. Um, you know, I don't read books, but go back and read a book, you know, write in cursive, use a, a, you know, a rotary dial phone or something like that. What know? is that? Exactly. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you don't realize how easy uh, you have it but that's from my perspective, but from your perspective, I might not know how hard you have it because the social environment is completely different from when I grew up. And it's crazy that there could only be what, 15 years between us. And that's how much social difference there has been. You know what I mean? So, um, it's, uh, it's interesting getting older and looking back and seeing these things. Um, I'm really excited about the future. And, you know, I think some of your listeners or whoever is listening to this, you know, the, the main thing is, is, you just have to believe that no matter what there is, no matter how hard it is, that if you just put effort in, you're most likely going to accomplish it. It's if you don't put the effort in or you don't believe you can put the effort in, that's usually when you fail. So just go for it as hard as you can and, and make sure you have a great support system. That's pretty much it. The oh, rules, what? the rules of life on this podcast. <laughs> there you go. Masters of life from Michael Zelina. The, the, the thing I want to touch on there is because you were talking about life coaches at 25, 26, and I think I have to defend it because I post sometimes, or every week I post a quote or a lesson, whatever it sure. is. But I want you to think of it also as what you do as a middleman. Yeah. I'm just a quote-unquote knowledge broker. It's not my words. It's not my knowledge. It's just something that I'm in the middle of sharing from of somebody I learned to somebody that's following me. Of course. So I, like you said, I have no experience, but it's really just being a middleman. Well, and, and again, I don't, like I said before, I, it, it's, you, you know, when you have your own personal thought process and, you know, I'm a joker too. I, you know, I, I like comedy and, and I usually razz a lot, you know, again, all boy Catholic Marine. I mean, you know, I've got a bad mouth. I've actually kept it together today really well, which I'm impressed with. I, I have nothing against uh, this I, I I almost wanted to try to use it as a point to show um, that originally what I thought was funny um, turned out to probably be kind of slapped back in my face that there's a real need for that right now and that's something again I'm trying to understand so um, I love uh, people that share knowledge um, I love people that create knowledge I, I think the the bigger picture is is what is that either love of knowledge or that share of knowledge is is if it's helping the other that's the most important thing so you know, as much as I love to be a hater from time to time and do it on that, and it, it's just making fun of it. I, 
you know, you, you always hate those things that you might be reluctant to do yourself. Um, so maybe there's some hater there because I'm not out there. Telling envious. Yeah. Because I'm not telling people how to live their lives and how, and you know what I mean? Um, so no, no, no. I, I think it's absolutely respectable. Um, you know, I immediately thought there wasn't a need for it. And then I was slapped in the face and realized how big of a need there really was. So you know, if anybody wants life coaching from Michael Zelina, we're going to open that up next week. <laughs> going to start life coaching everybody. No, I'm just teasing. Um, no, but I, I, I think it's, I think it's really important. I th- how can you not think it's important? So, you know, there comes those times where, again, was that a mistake or a failure? No, it was just a difference in judgment that, you know, you got to learn from and realize, Hey, if I'm wrong and then just admit it to yourself and then you move forward with it. And then hell, I might learn, start li- liking podcasts now. Start playing it in the car when I'm driving to appointments. It'll be interesting. You'll be surprised. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone that wants to get into your industry? Oh man, um, the real estate industry or luxury real estate. I know estate. you said tips and tricks. You want me to give out all my secrets? Um, Another day. I, I I wrote this down just because I wanted to stay on track with this. Is you just have to be ready to work sixty to eighty hours a week. You have to work harder than you've ever worked at any other job. I can tell you that. It's not an easy business. Um, you know, we talked about all these programs you can go to. And, I mean, there's books, lectures, seminars, videos, training guides. There's classes you can take. Everybody's got an opinion on how to be successful. Everybody's got a different niche. Um, you can chase everything. No one's going to teach you to grind 60 to 80 hours a week. No one's going to teach you that. So if you want somebody to teach you how to have work ethic, real estate is not there for you. Um, you need to have some business experience. You need to understand that this is a business. You're not just showing homes. Um, you've got to have a business plan. You've got to realize where you're going to spend your money. Uh, a lot of agents get in there. Oh, I'm just going to sell a house and show a house. Well, if you take a listing or you've got $5,000, you're going to invest in that listing right now. If you don't, you shouldn't be taking on a listing because you're not doing the right things for your clients. So, I mean, there's a lot more in there. Um, and then, you know, when everybody's trying to look for the easy paycheck in today's world, real estate is not an easy paycheck. I think it's probably one of the hardest paychecks you're ever going to try to get, um, especially when you're just starting out. So, you know, if you're thinking about getting in real estate, uh, you need to join a great team, number one, a team that you can trust, and you have to be committed with that team. Um, if you just jump around, you won't be in the industry long. Um, it's an industry that everybody thinks that they can do it. That's not reality. So if you want to try it, don't even get your license. If you want to do it, get your license. So you either give this everything that you have and you're not working another job, and if you are, it's got to be on the side, and then you're pushing 100 hours a week. But if you're not putting a minimum of 60 hours in this business every single every single week, especially when you get started, don't expect to be successful. And it, it is a grind. And I think any broker or any successful agent that will tell you that exact same thing, it is a grind. You have to handle a lot of aspects of business. You have to have a marketing department. You have to have a transaction processing department. You have to have a compliance department. You have to have an accounting department. And unless you have all these things, you're doing it all yourself. You know what I mean? And a lot of people think they can sell, but you have to know how to market yourself. And you have to have marketing experience. And unless you're going to pay an outside marketing consultant or all these companies, so you've got to have a couple things. You either have to have a lot of money to get into it, or you have to have a lot of patience. You have to put a lot of effort. So... You know, someone getting into real estate right now, be prepared to work. If you're a worker and you don't mind door knocking and you don't mind being out on the road, you don't mind spending eight hours on the computer and then spending another four hours talking on the phone, go find something else or work as a position in a team where you're supporting someone that does all that for you uh, and gives you that. That would be, that's that's my advice is, is getting on real estate. Now, if you're trying to start a brokerage or anything like that, um, it all comes down to how much money you have in your pocket because it's expensive to start this business. Um, and if you're going to self-fund it, you've got to not only get your deals so you can fund the business, you've also got to make sure you can eat too. And then when you have people that you got to make sure they can eat, um, that's when it takes a whole nother ball game. So it's one thing to go out there and just be an agent. Hey, I'm going to sell a couple houses on the side. I know some people. Fine, do it. If you really want to make money and you want to make a career in real estate, you are ready to grind. That's what you got to do. But it goes back to my point about the, the competition because so many people aren't willing to do that. You know, a lot of people have the misconception of pharmaceutical sales reps and medical device reps. Oh, yeah. Uh, they get to go home whenever they want and they make all this money. That's not true at it's all. It's not true at I all. Know. I was working 50, I was working weekends, 55, 65 hours a week, just making those extra calls, making those extra. At, you know, I know you don't listen to people, but no, I do. I do. But Grant, I'm listening to you. No, but I mean, I mean, uh, Grant Cardone, one of the influential people that I listen to sales guy, 
you know, make that extra call, make that extra call, have those competitions with yourself, those sales competitions, do, do more than you did the day before. Yep. And you're just going to separate yourself farther and farther away from the people that you're competing against. There's this story of Kobe Bryant where he would practice at 4 a.m. and then he would go eat. Then he would practice again. Sure. And then he would rest, practice again all day, right? And then he said, and he would do this during the off season. He said, no matter how much anybody else practices, there's no way they're going to catch up to me. Yeah, because he's practicing yeah. more than anybody. He just creates that divider more and more and more. And it just goes along with what you're saying. You cannot get what you want if you're not willing to put in the work. And like I said, a lot of people aren't going to do that. So it makes things a little bit easier. Well, and it's interesting. Do. I mean, what you just said there too, and you've said it twice now, and you know, it's something that I have, haven't heard in a long time was, well, I kind of like it that everybody's kind of lazy and has yeah. these expectations because I'm a hard worker and that means that I should do well. Absol yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's encouraging to hear that. Um, I think I, I, you hear that from probably like 50% of the people that want to get in real estate. It's a lot. Yeah. About 50, you know, because in the other, the others, because they think they, you know, they, they have family and friends and they have this big, it, it's, it's crazy, but about a year into real estate, well, about only 10% of those people still have it in them. It's, it's crazy. It's a, it's a, it's an industry that can really jade you. But if you work hard, like you said, if you have that and you align with the right team or the right brokerage, then I think you, I mean, you can definitely be successful in real estate. I just don't know for how much longer I, who knows what this, what's going to happen in this marketplace. It's going to be crazy. But that 10%, I mean, they just probably just, or the 40% that drop off probably just didn't see the bigger picture. They that's they just lost their vision, their drive. And yeah, they just lost their vision. Or I mean, you know, you don't get you don't make a paycheck for six months, and then you start thinking, okay, wait a second. Now, I like real estate, and this was fun, but I mean, I got to get paid. You know, I've, yeah. I've got to support things, and so it's it's difficult. It's really difficult. So I I was able to pursue this podcasting thing because I was able to save up enough money and say, hey, you know, if this doesn't work out, at least I have that kind of cushion. Sure. And that's kind of my vision going into this entrepreneurship is I need to be able to make sure that if I give 110% without getting paid doing this, I'll be okay. Yeah. It's got to, it's got to make the right sense for you. Yeah. Definitely. And that's, and that's every startup. That's every business. Um, you know, I wish that I was 24, 25 like you and was getting something like this started. So, you know, I think you're probably ahead of the game and, you know, with a mindset like that and just perseverance and, and being creative, you know, you can have whatever you want in this world as long as it makes you happy. You know, don't shoot, don't shoot too high. Don't have these major expectations. Just do little ones. And then when you make that little expectation, you're like, oh shit, I just did that. Oh, you get motivated. Little, yeah. Make another one. These guys have yeah. these huge things like, oh, I'm going to be here within six months or 12 months or two years. Just, just, just little goals, little goals. And then you have something come up and surprise you. Like, I mean, I can't believe we sold the biggest house in Las Vegas. I mean, if, if you would have been there during that, you know, pitch to what we needed to get done. It was just, I, I, I can't believe it's happening. You know, I really can't. And, and you still got to pinch yourself and then get reminded, well, wait a second, you've sold some other big houses too. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, you know, it's, it's, you got to pinch yourself when you get into that position where, and, and recognize and realize how far that you've come. Uh, this podcast was a great thing. I mean, I haven't, I haven't talked about my history in probably years, you know, I'm just always focused on the day. So now I'm going to be looking back and reflecting for most of this and, and now I'm going to think, oh, well, I should probably listen to more podcasts. So you only got to listen to one. But so Michael Zelina, what is your next step? Next step. Um, I don't, I have, I have some, I have some dreams. I have some places I would like to be. Um, I think the next steps is really just investing in Las Vegas, continuing to invest in people in Las Vegas um, to build the brand, to build the brokerage, to, uh, hopefully expand. Uh, you know, I think we've got something really good going right now. We've got something different. We've got something a little bit uh, uh, more kind of Beverly Hills, LA-ish than uh, Vegas really sees here. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of people do and follow some of the stuff that we've created. Um, so it's interesting to see that. I, I think investing and in, in building the business in Vegas and providing more people with opportunity to contribute. Um, I'd love to have an office in Summerlin. I'd love to have an office in Henderson. I'd love to have an office downtown. Three offices in Vegas is really the goal. Um, but the dream is, you know, getting more into a kind of re resort style service. Um, ultimately, I, I want to end up in Cabo or Puerto Vallarta. I'd like to have uh, some investment property, possibly a little hotel, restaurant on the beach, little bar. I always wanted this bar called Tiki Mike's, you know, and serve like seven to eight really good dishes, you know, like a little secret menu off to the side and, you know, just 
you know, making people happy, you know, get a little catamaran or something. So when people are trying to get away from this hustle bustle, all this 5G, all this Wi-Fi, all this distraction of the United States, you know, two hours and two and a half hours from Vegas, you could be in Cabo San Lucas and you could be on my little resort where we don't have any of that. And it's just about getting back to who you are and getting back to nature and have some activities and, and, and working with people to, to get them, uh, you know, feeling somebody else's emotion and get to know somebody, not just a, you know, a family resort where you segregate yourself in some kind of hotel room, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's just, I mean, it, I don't, I, I don't know. I think you need, I think people now need spiritual and emotional vacations more than they need, um, you know, this real high class and expensive food and, and doing that kind of thing. I think we've got to get back to kind of human roots, uh, human nature. Um, and then I think we see a big improvement, but that's the dream. I want to be in Cabo five to 10 years. That's the retirement plan. If I'm not there before I'm 50, I'll be upset. That's ten. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Know. It's, ten, it's weird. It, That's pretty good. It's weird to say that. Yeah. I just turned 40 this year and I'm like, okay, so we got a five year plan. I was like, no, no, no. It's a, it's, it's a 10 year plan now because, well, you know, 50, it's just crazy to think that. Yeah. Well, you wait. But you to wait. achieve that at 50, I mean, that's still something. I think it's awesome because, yeah. you know, get out of the hustle bustle, have some fun and just relax and make people smile, make people laugh, make people feel good, compliment them, you know. Um, give them incredible service. I mean, that's really what life is, is life is treating others better than you try to probably treat yourself. So how, what better environment to be right there on the Pacific coast and, you know, and maybe, you know, and and learn culture too. You know, you get so caught up in what we have here uh, in the U S that you forget what culture is like. And I'm not saying, you know, Mexico has a better culture than the U S or anything. It's just, it's neat to go down and be in Mexico for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. And just, it's in a whole nother culture. It's a whole nother language. It's a language that I'd love to learn. And I only know little pieces of it right now. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, that mid century, what are you going to do with the rest of your life from now? Well, I just don't want to sit back on my couch and watch TV. And I don't want just to sit and, you know, do the same real estate business I've been doing for 12 years or something like that. I would really like to experience more. I'd like to learn something more. I'd like to see new environments. Um, and I'd like to meet new people. So, um, if we stay on the right path, hopefully we'll be there. If not, I'm not too worried about it. I'll be happy wherever I'm at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm rooting for you. So Michael, you dropped a lot of value. You said a lot of things that were about your background, your history, and I really appreciate you sharing all this stuff with our listeners. And I know that you said, when you go home today, you're going to reflect. So this last question, because we get so busy, we sometimes forget why we do what we do. Sure. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for opportunities. I'm grateful for support. I'm grateful um, for having people in my life that, number one, will listen to me, um, whether I'm right or wrong, um, provide me their open and honest opinions and not sugarcoat. So I think I'm grateful for, uh, like, again, just being... I'm most grateful for just being like a real human. Um, I'm grateful for those that don't, uh, that don't, again, that don't BS. I think that's, I think it's just grateful for authenticity and and creativity. Um, I'm grateful for, I I mean, pretty much everything. It's like we're at the Thanksgiving table or something. I'm sitting around saying, what am I grateful for? I think it's just really opportunity and support because without opportunity, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, so those who either provide the opportunity for you or the opportunity you create, I think that's the number one thing that I'm, I'm most grateful for because without opportunity, we wouldn't be anywhere. And again, the people and support, um, if you don't have a good team behind you or you don't have a good support, um, I think it's difficult to accomplish anything. A lot of people can do it though, you know, and for those that don't have a real good support system, you know, I do feel a little bad, um, because, you know, I've always had something really good to support me. I'd say, do your best to try to help find that support or get that support from within yourself. You know, you're not always going to be a hundred percent. Um, and so you always, it's always nice to have someone there to kick you in the butt to help you, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's difficult out there. It's a hard world. Um, and if you're not constantly searching for great opportunities and you're not constantly finding the trying to look for the right circle of support and people that are going to treat you like you would want to treat them. Um, th- then I don't think you really have much, and I think you're going to go into the environment. Um, it's going to be a lot harder for you than it, than it than it would be if you're searching for those things. Perfect, perfect. And I want to let our listeners know you were speaking with Michael Zelina, the That's newest me. Masters of Life. Let people know where they can learn more about you. How can they connect you? And anything you want to promote. 
Oh, wow. What do I want to promote? Well, number one, I want to promote our brokerage, which is Red Luxury Real Estate Marketing and Productions. Um, we are Las Vegas's newest, hottest real estate brokerage. We focus everything on making it the best, making it look the best, making advertise the best. Um, it's exciting to have creativity. We do everything in-house. So whether that's drone footage, cinematic video, photography, negotiations. I mean, we, we have an investor portfolio service now where we deal with investor money as well. So, I mean, the, the brokerage is great. Growing. Um, so if you're looking to buy or sell or just want some advice, uh, you can call me directly anytime. My cell phone is 702-626-7466. It's actually 702 Mansion. So for Mansion Mike, oh, that's nice. that's kind of that podcast that we were going to work on. So you can get a hold of me anytime there. Um, anything else to, uh, to talk about? It's just, uh, you know, uh, I don't really have any other shout outs to give. A shout out to my girl, Leah Marie Monroe, who's in the office with me now. If it wasn't for her, I would not be half the man that I am today. So it's very important that I give her a shout out. Um, and her episode will be coming out shortly after. Oh, she's getting her own episode. That would be great. Yeah, that, I'll tell you, that woman's got a lot of great things to talk about. Um, you know, it's, again, people that surround you are the most important. So make sure that you're in a good atmosphere. But you've got to believe in yourself before you can believe in anybody else. So uh, call me if you want to buy or sell or want to get into real estate. I'm always happy to talk about that. I really appreciate the opportunity coming on here and um, you know, maybe our paths will cross again sooner than we think. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Well, guys, that wraps up today's episode of the Masters of Life podcast. I want to thank you guys for joining us and I hope you took really valuable notes. Take action, subscribe, share, let people know and we'll see you again next week. Let's get it. Let's go right here on the Masters of Life podcast.